and I record this on Wednesday nights. So I might do a show next week if if there's reason to. If there's not much to do and I have to kind of force feed a, a, a show, which happens more times than you would think, if you look hard enough, there's always something to talk about. But sometimes you have to do just that, look hard. And if there's not something that just sitting there screaming, Brian, you got to talk about this. When you stand between a greedy man and money he feels entitled to, and that is the situation with Jason Fryer, the owner of the Lookouts, he feels entitled to a new Lookout stadium paid for by taxpayers. I was not opposed to that stadium categorically. I've said that repeatedly. I was opposed to the process. I think both mayors have rushed the process, frankly, before we get elected. I think that was their motivation. And uh, and we knew uh, that if we stood in the way of uh, of a stadium in any, any way that we would be threatened. What the hell? Coming up. Completely unsanctioned by the church. Stone on air. Whatever, let's just do this. Stone on air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Give human beings opportunity, and you'll be absolutely shocked with what people do with it. Stone on air. Coming up. Stone on air. Oh, yes. Something definitely did get dropped into my lap. And yes, there will be a show today. August 4th, 2022, it is Election Day in Hamilton County. I will vote at some point today. I'm not, I don't think I know for sure who I'm going to vote for at this point, which is something I almost never say. My name is Brian, and this is a Stone on Air podcast. And not only was this dropped into my lap, uh, lots of things to get to, it just kept going and going and going. I got a bunch for you today, and I got to move quick. Um, this is the supposed for-profit venture that's now been rolling in the city of Chattanooga, or that's where it originates anyway, for uh, six long years. And um, I have never gotten to a election day and wasn't sure where I was going to go and I'll get to more of that in the middle segment of the show. I'll lay it out for you here real quick on uh, right at the top uh, Weston Womp and the emails oh the emails only barely heard of the emails earlier but her emails but his emails uh, only heard about it last week a little bit and then it's since then since right after that day it's been um, at least from my vantage point on social media locally talked about quite a bit. It is there for anybody who wants to see it. I wanted to say, uh, you know, post in advance that uh, I'll read the West Swamp emails and the Chattanooga Lookout ownership emails so you don't have to, um, which I did. And I've got lots and lots and lots of thoughts on that. And that, that'll be the second segment of the show. And it's not even really about the stadium as much. It's uh, it's just about the guy. This is the guy who I thought he was, and uh, again, I'll 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 lay all that out here. I'm not even I'm not even really mad about it. I I'm just it's kind of I don't know. It's it's reassuring to realize. Oh, it it was always what I thought it was. Yeah, I sh- I, I shouldn't have thought otherwise. I'll get to that in the middle of the segment, and in the final segment on that exact subject, that is exactly specifically about the stadium. Uh, I'll give you audio from both mayors, Tim Kelly and Mayor Jim Coppinger as well. 
And uh, we'll just finish the show out with that. Uh, and so there you go. I got you three pieces of audio just for lack of uh, caring about thinking of different names. They're all just the coolest thing. One coolest thing, another coolest thing, and another coolest thing. I'll feature music today. I'll talk a little bit about it. I just don't want to waste too much time in the second or third segment. Those are going to go long. Uh, TJ uh, Griever, good friend of mine, uh, a longtime musician here in the city of Chattanooga. He has a new project called Red Pawn. I'll play a song from that. And the uh, the uh, guitar player, one of the three guitar players, I forget his name. I know exactly what it looks like, but I always forget his name. From the Foo Fighters, has released a, a new song uh, that I don't I don't know if he's had much solo music before, but with the Taylor Hawkins dying and the Foo Fighters being on what seems to be a uh, in, an indefinite uh, uh, hiatus, I guess he's putting together some music and uh, it sounds okay. And what else, what else, what else? Oh, Better Call Saul. Two episodes left. I know anybody who doesn't care, which is probably all of you, are like, please, can we get these episodes out of the way so we stop talking about it? My goodness, the show, it never disappoints. Never, never, never disappoints. And I'm going to start it probably tomorrow if I have time. I'm leaving for New York on Friday, and um, there's a three-part Woodstock 99 doc on Netflix. And I know some people, too, with their eye, eye rolling of enough of Woodstock, brah, uh, with the uh, the anniversary being just a few weeks ago. I forgot to talk about it. I'm sure most people thought, oh, thank God he forgot about that uh, anniversary date. But want to get started on that on Netflix. I was planning on doing a whole segment on Music Midtown. They have canceled. And it's because of the, the gun laws. In Georgia, because it's at Piedmont Park, I guess this is what's held up from uh, the out-of-control um, Supreme Court, the extreme court, that said states can't make these, I don't remember what that one was exactly, states can't make laws prohibiting uh, gun permit or gun carry on person, whatever the hell the wording is, I guess it came from that uh, ruling, and so... Music Midtown has a a policy basically because of their their performers have in their riders in their policies that we're not playing places where guns are allowed. I don't see how that's a unreasonable request, but it got to the point where they had to cancel it. Now, the cynic of me says, "Were well, you just probably canceling anyway, or were you or having terrible ticket sales? I, the lineup was terrible." Uh, but I think the lineup was terrible because I'm old, and I don't know who any of them are. But anyway, I don't know. I was going to do a whole segment on that, but I don't have time now. And Heaven and Ale, Heaven and Ale is closed. I don't drink that uh, kind of beer, so I don't know if it's good or not. I've heard mixed reviews, but uh, Joe uh, Winland, who uh, I hope I got that last name right. Hadn't seen him in a long time, but uh, I wouldn't call him good friend, but a friend nonetheless, and always enjoys his company. Very, very, very sharp guy. Came here from Atlanta 10 years ago. And Heaven and Ale is gone. All right, so let's talk about SummerSlam here. This is meaningless stuff leading up to the audio, and then we'll get into the uh, all the other stuff. SummerSlam was awesome. It was one of the better decisions I've made in a long time. It was in Nashville. Just I mean, a long time of just out of nowhere, I'm deciding, okay, I'm going. Drop what you thought you were going to do and go. And it just works out well for me because Nashville is such an easy place for me to navigate and stay at my brother's and all this stuff. And I uh, hung out with Nate Gale and uh, his wife and daughter and got into the club level. Great seats. Oh, fantastic seats for like 50 bucks. And it just looked big. It felt big. It looked good on TV when I watched a lot of the highlights. 
when I got back. It looked like a, a really massive event. And a lot of the uh, wrestling community afterwards, which is a very deep, deep and loud vocal community, as you would probably imagine online, really praised it for being one of the better shows in a long time. I don't watch the pay-per-views or as they now call them, premium live events. I don't watch them almost ever. Basically, it's just WrestleMania. That's it. I don't even watch SummerSlam because um, I just I, I enjoy it, but I don't care about much of it usually. And uh, I, I was really proud of how it looked. The weather ended up being borderline perfect. Really dodged a major weather uh, bullet there because there was uh, thunderstorms all over the place for a week straight. All throughout Kentucky with the big tragedy there and all the people dying from all the rain and, uh, and, and, and mudslides and, and storms. And that stuff was just popping up for like seven, eight, nine days straight all over the southeast and especially in the mid-south. And so that was amazing that the four-hour, four to five-hour window ended up being a really beautiful night. Um, but the things that I complain about regularly, I'm going to complain about again because it's reaching all-time high. I've already bitched and complained all that I, you know, till I'm blue in the face about how I believe Nissan Stadium where the Titans play has some of the highest concession prices. It, it's got to be in the country. It's terrible. It's so expensive in there. I go five, six times a year. I mean, I, it is awful. So I'm not surprised about this, but I'm surprised where it went this time, setting all-time insanity, insanity pricing. And um, I just, that's my last wrestling event. I'll never do it again. I will never pay. And that was for getting in the door with 50 bucks. I will never pay this kind of obscenely, offensively priced concessions. And the concessions suck. They suck, suck, suck. Uh, so this is not inflation. This is assholery is what this is. This is price gouging. I don't know if this is WWE infused because they do everything you buy WWE is 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 premium, premium, premium pricing. So I spent at the game at the at the show. I was there for four hours, from roughly six until ten thirty. We'll just call it six to ten. Four hours. I spent one hundred and thirty nine dollars and ninety cents. One thirty nine ninety. Every penny was concessions. I bought zero merchandise, no souvenirs. Only concessions for one person for a four-hour event was $139.90. I got two. Well, hold on. I'll break it down more here in a minute. I'll talk about the food to begin with because the, the alcohol is the one that just makes, makes me want to punch somebody. Over the course of the night, I got two hot dogs, one popcorn, and one water. $34.35 for two dogs. One popcorn, one water, thirty-four, thirty-five. Not surprising, obscenely ridiculous, but not surprising. I got a uh, frozen Jack and Coke, which was awfully tasty, as a matter of fact. It was twenty-one dollars and fifty-one cents. Twenty-one, fifty-one. All right, it's crazy, but it's not making my head spin. This is what made my head spin. First of all, I'm going to give you prices here. Current day inflated 2022 prices at a 
at a commercial grocery store that just any old asshole can walk in and buy these items. And as you know, any any um, uh, facility, restaurant, bar, uh, sports facility, they purchase things at wholesale. I don't know what wholesale is, so I'm just going to go with the regular prices it would cost me or you to walk in a store and buy these things. I purchased two drinks that night, two gin and tonics, of course, right? What else would it be? Bombay Sapphire, a 1.75 handle is 59 ounces. These drinks, I already know this from the Titans because they pour them as legit two-ounce drinks. They are not poured heavy-handed. They're not, it's, it's, a, it's a scam to begin with. So in this drink, there were two ounces, and the math is 60 cents for an ounce of Bombay from a grocery store. That's how much it, it equals out to. So for a buck 20, that's two ounces. Canada Dry Tonic, 16 ounces. That's 10 cents an ounce. That's about six. These are barely 10-ounce cups with the ice. It's not much. These are a couple of gulps. So 10, I'm going to say 10 cents, it's about six ounces of tonic. 60 cents. That's $1.80 from the, just a random, the random stores here in Tennessee for the drink that I purchased. Now, if you want to go in there and throw in, okay, sure, there's overhead, lime, cup, ice. I'll let you just make up whatever number it is. Why don't we just, for the fun of it, just say it's $2 for all that stuff. So for $3.80, which is way, way more than it costs the Titans, it's probably four times as much as it actually costs the Titans, the uh, uh, Nissan Stadium, to pour this drink. We'll call it $3.80. Well, I knew it was going to be at least 25 because that's how much they are at the Titans games. So I'm bracing, ready to pay 25 But figuring because, uh, you know, there's a gin shortage, I'm sure, it, it probably went up. So maybe 27 Could it be $27? No. No, 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 not 27 Well, 30 Surely 30 is, that's, that's high. I mean, that's, that's a, no. No, 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 no. Not 30. Okay, if it's $35, I'm setting all-time records here. And I've overpaid for alcohol for years. And I'm this is blowing records out of the water. A $35, barely double 10 ounce, 10 ounces of liquid. Surely it's not 35. No, no, no. It's it's not. It's more than that. Okay, if this is $40, I, I might hurt somebody. It might be myself when a security card beats my ass when I lose, when I go, you know, postal, as they say. It, could it possibly be 40 Could it possibly be 40 Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40 Sorry, I don't know why I wanted to do that. Was it $40 for 10 ounces of liquid? No, 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 no. It was not $40. It was $41. $41. For one of the worst gin and tonics I'll ever have. I mean, I, I'm, I'm just, I, I saw that and I staggered. Like, you know, put your heart on your chest. What? Uh, huh? I'll be done with this drink in five minutes. So, 
I go back to the seat. I complain about it, as you would quite imagine, as I need to hurry this story up. And a little bit later, I decided I needed at least one more drink. And I mean, I was sober as hell the whole time because I'm not, I just drink water and it was still, it was fine. I don't have to be drunk. I'd prefer to be intoxicated a little. But so I went back to the bar and I said, hey, same lady too, just by happenstance. I said, listen, if um, I want to have like a, a stiff or at least a, whatever you guys consider a double drink, but I, I can't pay 41 bucks again. What, what can we do here? What, what do you got? What's the lowest end here? Vodka, whiskey, gin, something. She said, every liquor is priced exactly the same. Rot gut Jack Daniels, middle of the road Smirnoff, top end uh, Bombay Sapphire. Every shot, every drink was $21.51, just like that Jack and Coke was. And a true double is just double the price. <laughs> I can't, I can't handle it. I can't handle this kind of stuff. All right. So got my next drink, drank it, had fun, whatever. Let's play the audio and get this, uh, this segment over with coolest thing here. Oh, this is the mornings of the worst people. I love, uh, I love making jokes and having fun with the morning, uh, the morning people who think you're a loser. If you get out of bed late, uh, what is this one? Oh, well, I just said mornings are the worst. So I know people say that having a good morning routine will like completely change your life. But why does it always consist of waking up at 6 a.m., working out, and then journaling? Why can't it be sleeping in until 9 a.m., getting violently stoned, <laughs> giving yourself an incredible orgasm, falling back asleep, and then waking up to hot coffee and an extra cheesy bagel delivered to your front door? Hmm? <laughs> Sounds like a hell of a morning to me, I'll tell you that. Right now, the coolest thing too, uh, the on the screen it said, when you're coming off a weekend bender, when you're coming off a weekend bender, meaning you know, piling on the alcohol. Yeah, looking back, we probably didn't need to go that hard on Thursday, and Friday, and Saturday, and Sunday. One form of self love is actually not checking your bank account. You know that thing of like, is it a hangover or do I have pneumonia? You know that thing of like, is it hangover anxiety or am I having a legitimate heart attack? I'm just gonna get back on track this week. You know, lots of yoga, meditation, um, handwritten apologies. It's fine, we're young. Ish. Yeah, I feel like my whole body is, how do I say this? Like screaming out for help. We had a great time, right? <laughs> Was it fun? <laughs> no, no, usually it's not fun. I know every one of those feels, as they say these days, all the feels, the uh, anxiety, the uh, am I actually dying? Am I really sick? Should I call a doctor? <laughs> Why did I do that for four straight days? Luckily, I've mostly grown out of that. And as I want to wrap this segment up as quickly as possible, I love this one. It was titled, What Pearl Jam Sounds Like to People Who Hate Pearl Jam. This is really, really short. I could have called it the worst idea. I went ahead and just call it the third coolest thing. What Pearl Jam would sound like if you hated them. I mean, it's, it makes a good point. It, it, it makes a really good point in 12 to 13 seconds of what that must sound like. That's probably what it sounds like. To people who hate Pearl Jam, one more time. (laughs) 
That's great. That's good stuff. And I know a lot of people who really don't like Pearl Jam. People I love to death that really, really, really don't like them. And uh, deep down, I kind of hate them. I just don't say it out loud. Kidding, not kidding. All right. Um, let's see. The email. Put his emails. Put her emails. Oh, my goodness. Stories like this fall into my lap and make me so, so happy. What about his emails? Coming up next. Exactly what I wanted to hear. Less than a week before the election and hours before the last day of early voting, this cycle's October surprise. A Friday evening dump of emails from the 20 teens appears to show a complicated history between the ownership of the Chattanooga Lookouts and the Womp family. County mayoral candidate Weston Womp and his father Zach, the former third district congressman. A 2018 email from Lookouts managing owner Jeff Fryer, which Local 3 News has independently confirmed, alleges Wesson Womp attended a meeting in early 2015 with Lookout staff and leadership from two other teams in which he, quote, made a racist comment directed at our then second in command with the Lookouts, an African-American, and another inappropriate comment directed at a visiting female staffer, unquote. Fryer continued, quote, we could not have someone who behaved as Weston did associated with the lookouts, unquote. The 2018 exchange came up just after Womp penned an op-ed in the Times Free Press in opposition to a taxpayer-funded baseball stadium at the Southside Wayland Foundry site. That is from Local 3 News, Greg Glover. This is Red Pond. T.J. Grievers, formerly of Up at the Joneses back in the day. Glowing Bordis, the communicators. It's interesting stuff. It's put together with two or three other guys from other uh, bands around. I didn't recognize any of them from the video. And I went to the Facebook page, and there's no about section telling any of their names. So... Good production value, as you can tell with the recording here and the video is neat. So Red Pawn is the name of the band and the name of the song, if I'm not mistaken. So, oh, when I saw the emails, I got excited. And at first, what I did, well, well for, hold on, I'll put that off. Come right back to that. Uh, election day is today. Uh, Weston's going to be the next county mayor. And I, I, I'm not sure I'm even going to vote for him now. I'm having a re- it's 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 taking every ounce of me to to openly, um, you know, in, in on social media public support Weston, and I have very strongly for some time now. I'm still I still think he'll be a good mayor, um, but he is everything I thought that he was, and he's just more polished and he's more mature. The, the, all these emails, it doesn't, it's not about a stadium. It's not about a sports team. It's it's about it's about p- politics at its finest. It's about nepotism, entitlement, passive aggression, revenge, uh, vindictiveness, hypocrisy. It's, it checks every one of those boxes that falls right into, you know, just scummy politicians. And I'm okay with politicians being 
politicians, right? I mean, it's the only, I complain about this all the time, it's the only profession where we say we would rather have people not qualified for it. You know, I, I want, I think Weston is a, an incredible politician, and I think he also can't be trusted, but that's the beauty of when we hope we're in, you know, a democracy going forward for a long period of time. That's the beauty of, of being able to vote people out if they're if they're too dumb and they get caught doing their ridiculousness. The problem is, is he might be just smart enough not to ever get caught if he is doing anything shady. But he does do a lot of dumb things that he does get caught for, and this is this is one of them. And it's not illegal. It's not egregious to the point where you uh, you know you should be stripped of anything or, or penalized or punished. It just looks bad. It looks stupid. And I had this, this plan just to kind of promote the show on all the social medias and really hit it hard and tag him in it and be like, hey, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to read them so you don't have to. And I, I got to thinking, you know, this guy potentially is going to be in this office maybe for the rest of his life or, you know, or his professional life. He's going to, if he wants it, he's going to be able to. I have a feeling he's too egotistical and the county mayor is not a big enough a uh, uh, perch for him that he might go on to something bigger. I don't know or care about that, but I have a feeling that that could be the case uh, because politics is in his blood, man. And well, man, this is what this guy does. If he wasn't running for office, he was uh, having podcasts and joining all the different kinds of ad ad advocacy. Jesus, sorry, uh, groups and, and young Republicans. This and blah 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 blah. I mean, pol- politics is in his blood, and I. I I, I understand passion and I, I appreciate passion, except I question people who have strong, strong uh, passion for politics because it's the, the it's such an industry that is now it's it, that's another thing. It's not service. Right. Enough of this bullshit. It's not sir. Oh, he served as co- Congress. Shut up. It's a, there's no sanctity here. Go to hell. It's a job. Screw the president. It's a, it just happens to have a job of the presidency of the, of the biggest company in the world. Trump ruined any of that. So, yeah, and I already, you know, that was already silly to begin with. All this, oh, you must respect, shut up. Stop that stuff. This is a job, it's an industry, and he's very good at it. So I don't have a, I don't have a problem with that, and I think he'll, I think he'll be good at mayor. I, I just think I'm probably not going to vote for him because uh, he doesn't, I've already voted for him once. Why do I need to vote for him again? And the job's his at, you know, 8, 9 o'clock tonight at you know, probably anyway. I mean, I mean, the job says for sure. It's like, what time will it be sometime tonight? But when I first pulled these emails, I started going through them. They're 35 pages long. And so I started making a note, which pages I wanted to print off. Cause I knew I wasn't going to want to read all this. Surely that wasn't all good stuff, you know, worth talking about, worth repeating back on a radio or a podcast. And it started with page three. And then page five, and I got my sticky note here that I wrote all these down. Then 11, then 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, then 21, page 23, 25, 26, and 29. And maybe it was only 29 pages. Yeah, I guess it was only 29. And so at the end of the day, it was like, it's basically all of them. But just to catch up here real quick, so this TFP ran with this on um, at the very end of last week. Maybe it was even that was into Saturday before it hit the paper. Um, Hamilton County mayoral candidate Womp denies racist, sexist remarks, accuses Lookout's owner of extortion. Uh, Womp says Jason Fryer, that's the owner of the Lookouts or the principal owner, 
and his operatives have apparently leaked emails attacking my character with vicious lies and a desperate attempt to get his hands on taxpayer dollars for a new stadium. It is in part an attempt to intimidate me and coerce me to support a new stadium. I unequivocally deny ever making racist or sexist remarks. He has threatened for weeks to release emails regarding a private business investment made by Lamp Post Group eight years ago. Under Tennessee law, those efforts amount to extortion of a candidate for public office by Fryer and others working in support of a new stadium. Extortion, huh? Uh, let's see. I'm going I'm to skip over a lot of this stuff and just not read it verbatim. Just, uh, then his response is the lookouts have received many inquiries regarding a series of private emails. This is from Jason Fryer from the lookouts that recently disclosed pertaining the history between Weston Womp and the Chattanooga lookouts. Neither the lookouts nor I personally played any role whatsoever in the disclosure of these emails. Fryer claimed that Womp was, uh, goes on to talk about how he's trying to work with the lookouts, which I'll detail in the, in the emails here in a little bit. Uh, he claims that Womp was very aggressive in his seeking a role with the lookouts and tried to convince Woods, who was another one of the owners, to fire current-day general manager Rich Mazingo and make Womp president of the team. And I'll come back to that here in a minute. And, uh, and then the final here is also, yeah, and I'll read that later here in just a few minutes as well. Chattanooga Lookout's owner calls Womp claims of extortion absurd. That is from Monday's TFP. Womp is quoted in the uh, piece from David, uh, sorry, David Floyd. I knew a month ago that my life would be a lot easier if I just sat down and shut up, but I made the willful decision not to do that because I knew I was being bullied, threatened, and I feel like there's real concerns for the taxpayers. Yeah, he's been acting like he's the mayor for, you know, since when was it, May, that he was... uh. That he won the primary, I believe that's right. Cody Womp's opponent, Democrat John Allen Brooks, of course, in the DA race, that's Weston's sister, says, to say that there's extortion implies that somehow there's some criminality involved, and I don't see anything in, in that here. Current, on his way out, DA, Neil Pinkston says, generally speaking, if a citizen feels that he or she is a victim of a crime, they don't announce it publicly. They file a police report. If that officer believes the allegations have merit, the officer will present it to the magistrate or the DA for further review. To date, our office has not received such a complaint from Weston. So he's just try- he's just smashing pots and pans together. It's all dudes doing. Um, so I don't really care about any of that. I mean, the a lot of that's going to be kind of where uh, I go with from from these emails themselves. It's just more of the all the boxes I checked before, the revenge, the vindictiveness, the entitlement, the nepotism, all those things. That's what I get out of all of this. And I've just got some highlights here. We'll fly through it here and see how long it goes. It's about, like I said, about 30, 29, 30 pages. And I just have a few highlights on each page, and I might paraphrase some of it. But I have read every single word of these. This is from Zach to uh, Fryer. So Fryer is an owner of the Lookouts. Woods was an owner of the Lookouts. Zach and Weston. That, so when I mention names, that's you'll know who they are. I want to reiterate that the hope is that Weston's arrangement with the Lookouts for 2015 will be a substantial enough to provide a base of $2,500 a month plus a commission structure that might allow for much more. This was in December of 2014. 
basically Zach, half these emails on the front end are him basically setting up and begging and pleading that they give him a job along with some investment from what is venture capital here in town, the lamppost group, which I still always have trouble understanding what the hell that, you know, how that works exactly. This was a follow-up from Fryer to Zach. The basic parameters were discussed financially, and they were somewhere in the range of 25K annually. What uh, Zach was just asking for was clo- was 30K at a, at a base. Um, one thing to be clear about is that the team is not likely to be a source of high revenue for Weston or for anybody else working for the team. Realize that the team's second-highest-paid full-time employee last season made less than 40 grand total. I say all of this just to let you know that if you are investing with the goal that the team with the team to be a large source of income for Weston, that is probably not a good basis on which to invest or or for even for Weston to get involved at all. Zach responds to Fryer with Weston's meeting with the Lamp Post partners did not go particularly well yesterday. I'll skip over and paraphrase, basically saying that with Zach's involvement, it looked like he's that Weston is getting these jobs or these opportunities just because he is the son of Zach Womp. These guys, this is back to verbatim, these guys would prefer for one of them to be the owner and for Weston to be part of their investment team so he is standing on his own as he helps you scale, communicate well, and here's the best part, and ultimately move the stadium. There's the first reference to moving the stadium. And all this is, is there just some facocta idea that will will invest in the, in the ownership group and then, no matter what that percentage is, make Weston the face of the lookouts, the owner of the lookouts. That's what this is all about. They don't say it exactly, but that's what it is. Uh, this is still in December of 2017. Zach to uh, Jason Fryer. And he puts out a kind of a hypothetical. If the story went like this, it would be pretty sweet. New owner, and I'm going to paraphrase this, new ownership group of Chattanooga Lookouts led by John Woods, who grew up in East Ridge, along with uh, Hardball Capital. And uh, the new group includes local investing from the Lamppost Group, a venture incubator with Barry Large, who's one of the Lamppost guys, and Weston Womp. will both be minority owners supporting the team's marketing efforts. So he's just really pushing to be like Weston's the face of the Lookouts. That's what that's what they're trying to do. A week or two later, there's a leak of the sale to the local media. Weston fires an email to Fryer that says, not great for local strategic partner morale that there wasn't any mention of local partnerships. More importantly, it just seems like a clumsy beginning to new ownership and rebranding if our goal is for the community to feel like the team is more local than ever and begin to build goodwill for a stadium deal. Second time implying that we want to make a deal with the public on a stadium. There is a crazy long-winded response to that that was very professionally but uh, sternly written. Too long to get into. But this is the same thing Weston is doing now he was doing then. He was trying to be a part of the ownership and a part of the management of the lookouts before he ever was. And he was throwing his what he thought perceived weight around as if he had any because he's a womp. And that's what he's been doing as he's trying you know, about to be mayor. He's been acting like he's mayor 
long before he actually is. In this case, it's going to work out for him. Then it didn't. Two Fryer from Weston. The team is not a typical investment for our group simply because of the nature of the business, but it's right in our sweet spot as far as doing something that will matter in Chattanooga long term. I can't stress enough how we believe the pitch here is that the new stadium will lead to massive development, recurring tax revenue, and, and could replace one of the blights of Chattanooga with a jewel. Secondarily, moving the stadium will also lead to massive development and tax revenue opportunity on the land it currently sits. It's two for one for public officials. More. If, if that's not implication that we want tax money to do this, I don't know what it is. Because none of these say, hey, we're going to get a new stadium. And, hey, you got 50 mil for it? None of these talk numbers. They're all talking about sweethearting the, because of his connections to local media, local politicians, and, um, and just name recognition. Uh, going long again. Here's another one from Weston to John Woods, one of the, the out-of-town uh, owner partner. Jason and I have spoken a few times about Lamp Post, and we are at the $100,000 level. It is our understanding that I will move into a marketing-oriented role representing the ownership group. We talked about some commissions on, a sponsorship, de- on sponsorship deals I lead, but most importantly, with a kid on the way, I need to get close to $3,000 a month on my retainer. The more compensation justifies a significant time commitment and more value that Lamp Post and I will bring to the team. Looking forward to getting started. He still hasn't even been offered anything. Looking forward to getting started. Dude, you're not part of us yet, dude. You can't just make up your positions. Then several emails in a row are one word, one or one sentence short responses you can tell people are starting to get pissed one just says left you a message from john woods other one says please call me at your earliest convenience to zach womp i can give you zach womp's number here too by the way if you want it it's four two three five of the just kidding uh it is here and then it just falls off that's the end of 2014 and 15 now we're on to 2018 and weston writes in a, a, an op-ed in the times free press Saying all the stuff he's saying now. So this is four to five, three and a half to four years later. And they get all pissed, of course. Now, whatever's happened between those last three or four years, nobody's going to know. But it's clear, and I think very safe to assume, that relationship ended poorly and very and very bitterly. Uh, due to time constraints here, I'm not going to read this one. It's basically t- uh, an email to one of the other, the out-of-town owner, basically telling him how to do his job um, in a somewhat not too condescending way, but I'm sure not appreciated whatsoever. And the final email here from Jason Fryer to all the members of the Lamp Post, to John Woods, the out-of-town owner, and not to the WAMs. It's from April of 2018. Gentlemen, I don't know if you have seen Weston WAMs diatribe in the paper this morning. We have kept quiet and taken the high road as he has badmouthed us around town and tried to undermine a project that he knows nothing about, parentheses, likely for no reason other than vindictiveness. He thought a ballpark, a new ballpark was a great idea when he was begging us for a job with the team. I know Weston no longer works for you all, but given your history with him, I wanted to check with you before we go nuclear, quote unquote, and release the truth about Weston and his history with us. As you will remember, Weston was very aggressive in seeking a role with the team. At first, he tried to convince John Woods that we should fire Rich Mazingo, 
and that he should be made president of the lookouts. Obviously, he had no experience, and from a few meetings, we determined that he had no clue what was going on. John had a long-standing relationship with Zach Womp, and out of respect for that, and based on our understanding that f- through his family, Weston would have lots of contacts in town, we agreed to discuss having a role with the team where he introduced us to potential partners and make further inroads in the community. When we had the leadership team from our other two teams come to Chattanooga in January of 15 to brainstorm and us hit the ground running, we invited Weston in to meet the group and be part of some of those discussions. In his first hour with us, he made a racist comment directed at our African-American assistant general manager and, and, and made a comment directed at our female VP of marketing from Columbia that made her and everyone else in the room uncomfortable. After John and I discussed it, it was clear that we couldn't have someone going around town representing the team who would behave in this fashion. I came in to see Barry and Alan, those are from the lamppost group, and following and, and the following week and explain the situation. Barry and Alan were completely understanding and parathetically and quite frankly didn't seem shocked by Weston's behavior. Uh, as he goes on to say, we have all the email uh, to uh, back all this up. Let me know if you'd like to discuss or see a draft of what John and I will send to the newspaper before we do so. You all have been great partners and we don't want to do anything that upsets you or makes you uncomfortable. And that's the last one of the emails. Now, that was in 2018, and I guess they just decided to say, screw it, not worried about it anymore. Weston Womp doesn't matter to us anyway. I guess this is typical politicking at its finest on a lower, small-scale city size, county size. Uh, All the boxes, revenge, nepotism, entitlement, passive aggression, vindictiveness, hypocrisy, it's all there. Weston is trying like hell to screw over the people he believes screwed him over, and he will die trying. He will go to his last breath trying to take them out. And that's a passion project right there. I used to be that way myself a lot. I used to love to get even. There's like dopamine that would come out of it. Like, you know, ha, 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 I got you. Uh, Luckily, I've grown out of that a lot. I still have a little bit of it. Still a little bit of it. But I've grown out of most of it. He clearly has not. He clearly has not. And um, the team says they didn't release his stuff. Who knows? Who cares? It doesn't matter to me who released it. Uh, It made my day, though. It absolutely made my day. I I thought when I read him, I was going to read something different. I didn't know what it was going to be, but I thought it was going to be different. Um, Like, you know, how he was pushing for money for uh, like specific numbers about how can we get money out of Hamilton County for this. I thought it might be a little bit more detailed. It was it was way more pathetic than I was expecting. It was way more petty. And um, all, again, all the boxes that were checked. Weston is exactly who I thought he was. Exactly who I thought he was. He's not any different except he's just he's just more mature. He's grown up more and he's better and he's smarter at his conniving. Um, I think he'll be fine. I, I, I want to keep a, a, a decent relationship with him because I'm going to be in some form or fashion recording podcasts or doing radio shows. I'd like to think for the rest of my professional life, and I'd like to have access to the mayors of the city and county if I need them. And he's he understands. You know, he's not going to listen to this. doesn't matter. Weston Womp's not going to sit down and listen to my podcast. Okay, so, uh, and even if he did, by the time I ever, you know, ran across him again, he'd forget about it because he doesn't care about it dipshits like me. I mean nothing to a guy like him. 
So, anyway, anywho, as they say, there you go. Let's hear from current mayors, not wannabe mayors, but current mayors about this exact subject, the new ball field, built ball stadium and development, which looks like it's a slam dunk, done deal. And I'll give you the latest on that next. More of Stone on Air coming up. I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. At stoneonair.com. I mean, I, I tell the story a lot. I was actually one of the last campaign events I did before my election last year was <clears throat> was actually out there in Lookout Valley, and, and Senator Gardenhire was there with me. And uh, there was a fella, a retired Army chaplain that had moved into Black Creek, or, or maybe, well, he was in Lookout Valley in any event. And, you know, those of us that have lived here for a while um, have almost ceased to see that, that, that U.S. pipe site, right? You just kind of, yeah. And this guy was like, what in the world? Because even then, right, talk about this is a new, this is not a new thing. We've been talking about this for years. But uh, he said, you know, this, this, this is terrible. What, what's happening here? Something needs to change. And, and, of course, it does. As I've said, it's like, a, it's like Chattanooga's got this great smile, to your point about the bend and all the green space, with, with um, you know, your two front teeth knocked out. Uh, so it's it's the good news is it's it's fixable and this is a plan to fix it. It's that new song I was talking about from the Foo Fighters guitar player. I tried to look it up as we were, I was getting in here, and my internet's not connected to my Wi-Fi, and I didn't want to start screwing with the computer. And you don't care what his name is anyway. It's not Pat Smear and it's not Dave Grohl. It's the other guy. Kind of sounds like a country song disguised as a uh, ballad alt-rock song. A little generic, but good for him. So that was Tim Kelly. I was on my way to Nashville for SummerSlam, and I um, one of my podcasts to listen to on the way up was Let's Talk Money. It's the only product that comes from um, Talk Radio 102.3, those fraudulent bastards at that radio station. Almost all of them suck, except for Jim and Jamie. And there's a few others, Joe and Scott, you know, those guys. Not Scott Chase, Scott McMahon, Quake. But I still uh, occasionally turn on Let's Talk Money. And uh, Jim and Jamie had both mayors on. And so uh, that's where that audio comes from. I thought about asking them for permission to a couple different things. I thought for sure they'd say yes. and then, um, But then I thought, okay, hold on. This is going to be a forgiveness, not permission situation because I could almost see them saying, maybe I should run this by GOW first, and then the answer would be hell no. And um, and I don't ever ask anybody else for uh, permission to use audio that I get from anywhere else, so why would I ask them? They don't care. So anyway, just so you know. And it, 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 dub, it dubbed in kind of weird, so if it sounds a little tingy and a little buzzy in the background... I apologize for that. The latest on the stadium is actually something that surprised me quite a bit. This is from uh, yesterday's paper. Hamilton County Commission votes 8-1 to one to approve the multi-use stadium and for the sports authority and all that. I mean, there's no more hurdles. This is done. Sorry, Weston. It's done. All right? It's done. Your, your, your nemesis are going to win. But I mean, you know, he's going to figure out. He's going to come up with something to screw over those owners of that lookouts for something somehow with his with his power. Maybe not corrupt, but something he's going to do over the life of that of, of him sitting as as county mayor. 
Uh, eight to one. I was shocked by that. I'll give you uh, one guess who the n- one person who voted against it. And if you listen to me talk county politics and the commission, then you don't have you don't you only need one guess. Yes, of course, it was asshole Tim Boyd. The, pro- uh, the proposal now goes to the Chattanooga City Council for a final vote. The council expects to consider the project during its meeting on Tuesday, and the city council is in uh, is in Tim Kelly's back pocket. They're, they're, unless there's one or two, uh, is it a five-person council, I think? Uh, there might be one, maybe even two, that just for their constituents and so their mailer looks better next time, that they, they might vote no. But it's they wouldn't be doing this if Tim didn't already caucus them and know who's voting which way. And clearly they knew that with the commission, too. I just thought the commission might be a little dicier because you have, uh, you know, Marge Taylor Green of Hamilton County, uh, Sabrina Smedley. But she hates Weston so bad, too. So she's going to go against anything that he is in opposition of. So ugh. politics, 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 especially local county politics. So let's just get right to this. I don't know how long it'll take. Hopefully not that long. I'm ready to wrap things up. I got things to do. I got places to be. All right. What is the first one here from Tim Kelly? Uh, what has taken this so long was the question. It's, uh, you know, it's all political semantics at this point. But um, that was the, the question that was posed to Tim Kelly on Let's Talk Money. Well, we uh, it's a huge site, right? And it's been pointed out that the, 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 the owners could have probably sold off a piece of it and put like a strip mall or something there. That wouldn't have solved the problem. We needed a project of the scope uh, and ambition that could cover the entire site. And, and so fortunately, they found this guy, Jim Irwin, <clears throat> who is uh, a master developer who did, if anybody's been to Atlanta, to Pont City Market, was a redevelopment of, I think, a million-square-foot old Sears warehouse, another similarly huge urban mm-hmm. redevelopment project. And the guys agreed to do it, and the guy could work anywhere in the country. I mean, this guy's a rock star in the development world. But, and here's the catch, uh, <laughs> it's contingent upon having a big anchor development tenant, and that is the stadium, right? So the, to, as far as I'm concerned, Again, with apologies to Lookouts fans, it's really not about the Lookouts. Bad edit there. My bad. Um, yeah, it's it is a bunch of political semantics. Is it really contingent on a on a stadium? I, I, I my follow up there would have been um, explain to me the contingency that it has to be a huge anchor. There has to be one big, uh, you know, piece centerpiece, a cornerstone, if you will. And why does it have to be the Lookout Stadium? That's just as an interviewer. I, that's what pops into my head now. I would ask, wait a second, why would the developer say there needs to be a contingency? You're paying him to do it. You know, I know his input is important, but anyway, that's that's just something to think about. Do we really need the stadium? Well, Tim Kelly says we do. I trust Tim Kelly's judgment. Um, more on that point, do we have to do this? The second oldest uh, team in baseball and we don't want to lose the lookouts, but the fact of the matter is it's secondary to the project. It's just that we have to have that uh, down there in order for Irwin to take on this master development project and animate the rest of it, which, which notably is going to create the tax increment through TIF tax increment financing to pay for the stadium. So the whole thing is really actually pretty elegant and circular. And uh, that's why I'm so amped up about it. And, and uh, there, there's, 
I mean, I'm happy to explain it to anybody that, that needs an explanation, and we can take callers or whatever else, but there's no, as I told you guys, if you roll a seven, you don't pick up the dice and roll them again to see if it's a fluke, right? Th- this is, we've been trying to get this done for decades in Chattanooga, and the stars are aligned, and, you know, we're moving forward because, it's, because it is the right thing to do, and it, it makes perfect sense uh, up and down the line. Another bad at it. Jesus, what the hell is wrong, wrong with me? Um, yeah, he just kind of continued on more of what I just said. I mean, this this is also does have to do with the lookouts potentially leaving. They, I mean, they, this this ownership group has proved that they will do this. Um, I think he's trying to deflect to try to say, you know, for the people who think that the stadium is needless, that this is more important and bigger than that, and and it and it is. I'm not trying to be critical at all of of of, of Mayor Kelly. I just I think they're maybe not equal parts why this is happening, but I would say pretty damn close. And he is right that this is, and this is a point that Coppinger's made many times to say that this is rushed. And then we just all of a sudden, you know, did this because of a couple of things and election being one of them is foolish. This has been going on for decades. And, um, and yes, it is being rushed right at the very end. Cause asshole Weston's going to come in and put up the Heisman uh, pose and knock this thing right out of the sky as he's, you know, he said that he would do. And if uh, if the assholes in Washington are going to steal the Supreme Court when the clock's ticking, well, Mayor Coppinger is going to steal the, uh, well, I hate to use the word steal, but he's going to push this through before he leaves. I got no problem with it because that's, that's now the precedent that we set in scummy American government and, 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 and political transactions in that industry. Mary Coppinger uh, jumps in. He wasn't there from the beginning, and he pops in here. Go. You look at uh, where the um, site is today and the amount of taxes that we're collecting off of it. By the way, what, what we're collecting now will continue to collect, right, and particularly for our schools. But that site, the project itself, is what's going to pay for the stadium. And it's been said uh, so many times, there's not one single penny of existing property tax dollars going into this project. Not one. I think uh, Mayor Kelly staff's done an outstanding job of putting all the figures together and, and really applaud their, their hard work. Uh, but at their own admission, they've been extremely conservative in the numbers on the uh, investment of $350 million. Uh, we heard last week at the county commission, for example, that uh, New City's um, uh, development said that they've set aside $650 million. So, yeah. uh, again, we, we expect this and anticipate there's going to be a great deal of investment. If you've read any of this anywhere, he just told you everything you've already read. Uh, Coppinger's a pretty low-energy guy. I uh, don't think I've ever actually met him. I think I've been around him before, so I don't know him at all, but... He's just kind of a soundbite uh, machine, but uh, seems like an all right guy, I guess. I just I can't see for a second. I can't understand for a second why people aren't for this idea, um, unless you're a Weston Womp type, you know, and who can trust that, uh, especially if you are actually Weston Womp himself, who in many ways can't be trusted uh, in certain in certain respects. I just don't get why. I just don't get why. I mean, do you just never go to Nashville and then come home and be like, what the why did we have this here? Why does this look? Why is this here? Why does the set of The Walking Dead my entry gateway to this gorgeous city? Why? And we have a way to do it that is mostly completely funded by um, taxes, you know, projections and taxes that that, that are very I, I think are believable projections. 
I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, the question to, to Mayor Kelly was, what about the recession that we may or may not be in? Um, inflation, project overruns, interest rates, things of that nature. Very fair question. This was Tim Kelly on that. Well, it's a good question. I mean, it's obviously a significant concern in the current environment, but I think by the time this project gets underway, you know, uh, things will have smoothed out a good bit. Now, again, I think it's important to note that I think the 4%, 2% from the city and the county uh, are, are um, you know, those are, those are projections based on the lift in the, in the, in the, uh, in the sales tax increment, right? Or rather the property tax increment. But, um, yeah, I mean, look, any project may have overruns, but even still, as you, it's, it's a racehorse of a deal for the taxpayers, even if it goes to 5% a piece, which we don't expect it will. Again, these are, these are very conser- conservative estimates, but these are the best estimates we have. And I would note 12% is, is coming from, which is a big number, is coming from state sales tax generated inside the stadium which would otherwise just go back to the state and the state would keep it. So thanks to our delegation for, uh, yeah. for that. So to another bad edit. What the hell's the matter with me? Uh, so the uh, existing tax dollars are not going to this. Only new generated taxes according to the mayors. But what about the lookouts, right? That's the biggest, cons- the biggest uh, complaint, which I can understand that complaint, and we'll certainly listen to it because it's, it's, a, it's a worthy discussion to have. How are the lookouts contributing to the cost of the building that they're going to play in for what we all hope and think is going to be at least the next 30 years? This is Jim Coppinger right there. Let me add something to this because um, this is some uh, kind of a misnomer out there, too. A lot of people say, you know, the lookouts having skin in the game and other places have. The only difference in the way that, uh, that we've negotiated this deal in other ballparks the lookouts would have paid their uh, the, the the lease rent up front, uh, but uh, to make the uh, dollars work on the back end with the debt service, it was the request that was made of of the of, of the ones of us that were doing the deal that they pay a million dollars a year for thirty years. Uh, I'm sure the lookouts, like most stadiums, if they would have paid the thirty million up front, then they w- they wouldn't have had to pay any lease on it whatsoever. Right. So. You know, you keep hearing these things that, well, the lookouts don't have any skin in the game. They got their skin in the game for 30 years, yeah. and people say, well, what if there are no lookouts in 30 years? They're still going to be They're a on the hard boat. Yeah, it is it is an agreement for 30 years, and I've talked about this in the past. If you're here every week, God bless you. But, yeah, the idea that the lookouts are putting nothing here is not true. It's just done in a very unique way. It's a million dollars a year lease for 30 years, so that's $30 million. That money at least in theory or what they're saying is that million dollars goes to the bond every year million bucks goes to the bond um and then on top of that which this doesn't have anything to do with financing the the bonds and the and and the construction costs but it is a big deal 45 the projection is 45 million dollars worth of maintenance that the the lookouts are on the hook for so that's a you know with the easy math 75 million dollars coming from the team towards this project so it's it's not nothing it's not insignificant and it's not the lookouts ownership group getting a free stadium it's just not no no minor league teams can afford to pay a million dollars a year in in rent i promise you that somehow with this hardball capital group that works out better for their bottom line 
I mean, or they wouldn't have done it, is all I can think. And the final one here, and we'll wrap it up. Jim Coppinger has been the mayor for, I think it's 11 years now, but he's been in politics here locally for well over a decade and a half. This has been on his mind the entire time he's been involved in county politics. But let me just say this. I think what's really remarkable about this, and I've been doing this now for 11 and a half years, and, and this site's always been an eyesore. It's always been, as Mayor Kelly's alluded to before, it's it's uh, Chattanooga missing its two front teeth when you come in. And, um, and there's so much truth to that, and this is the opportunity, you know, again, uh, the owners of Premier Property, uh, the principal being uh, Gary Chasen, have set on this property, allowing the city and the county uh, the opportunity to work together. And, you know, Gary deserves a lot of credit. He's gone out and found this master developer. And, and uh, you know, the timing on this is, is, is so clear, so clear to me for someone that's been working on it now for almost, uh, you know, a decade and a half. I went on the commission 16 years ago. Yeah. And this is by far the best opportunity we've had. And as uh, Mayor Kelly pointed out, it's never been about a ballpark. It's always been about the economic development piece. I I believe that there's probably some truth to that. But uh, I am excited. It looks like it's basically a done deal. And there's a certain part of me, going back to that uh, passion project of revenge, and uh, you know, getting 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 even. There's something that makes me smile deep down in my soul. That Weston, you tried and you failed. You couldn't keep this from happening, and it still did. But you're the next mayor, damn it, so shut up and get to work and do something else. And now you can actually be a mayor since you've been acting like you're one for a year and acting like you're a politician your entire life when you've basically lost everything you've ever done. You've got caught on all the silly things you've ever done from your recording of Scotty Mayfield back in t- uh, with the tape recorder and then the, the dumb emails where you're trying to be the owner of the lookout. Dude is, he's exactly what I thought he was. All right, that is all. I did find out tonight, as a matter of fact, like two hours ago, I do have freebies for the Rage Against the Machine show at Madison Square Garden on Monday. I'm going to have to figure out a way to get that fight moved. Maybe it's super simple. I don't know, but I cannot pass up an opportunity to go to Madison Square Garden and give them $50 for double gin and tonics, more than likely. But in this case, I'll do it, and I'll do it with a goddamn smile on my face. See you later. I love you. Bye.